Hello listeners and welcome to the lockdown series of the British Academy of Jewelry podcast. I'm Sophie Boons and today I have invited another guest to join me in a remote discussion on how we can navigate the new reality we currently face. With many fairs cancelled, galleries and shops closed, the usual way we present and network have suddenly become unavailable. I therefore have invited Annalene Swillen, a jewelry designer maker, educator and expert on the topic to reflect on this challenge. Welcome, Annalene. Hello, Sophie. To start, Annalene, would you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. I am an artist and um, a tutor within the object and jewelry department at Peek Salmet School of Arts in Hasselt, Belgium. Um, I'm currently living and working in Ghent, Belgium, as well as uh, Hasselt. Um, and within my practice, I explore how jewelry is created, presented and experienced. And I do this through the creation of jewelry, digital images, online media projects, um, installations, curatorial projects, group conversations. So it's quite diverse. I have a background in um, object and jewelry design. I did a, a BA and an MA in uh, object and jewelry. Uh, and I also did a postgraduate in curatorial studies, and that one was about exhibition making, museum studies, um, curation, and it was mainly focused on um, fine arts. And so after those studies, I wanted to explore the relations between jewelry and presentation uh, in a research in arts. And so in 2015, I started my PhD on jewelry and presentation at the University of Hasselt and Peixalmet School of Arts in Hasselt, Belgium. And I defended my PhD a few months ago, end of November, in Hasselt. So your PhD was titled This Play, an Artistic Research on the Interactions Between Jewelry and Presentations. Yes, that's correct. Could you tell us a little bit more about your PhD and what you researched? Yes, so it was an artistic research on the interactions between jewelry and presentation. And it was a practice-based research in which I explored presentation as an artistic medium within and moreover as contemporary jewelry practice. And the main thing of my research is that I worked within projects which I initiated myself or was invited to participate in. And these projects ranged from making work within the context of an ex exhibition, um, collaborations with other artists and curators, creating site-specific pieces, um, since locations often serve as starting points for my work. I regularly collaborated with platforms, with museums, with galleries. And I mention this because this is one of the main methodologies that I developed throughout my research to work within contexts. And through my work, I reflected upon topics related to jewelry, such as the body space, the act of display, display objects, the making process, um, as well as performance, for example. And I experimented with various formats, such as video tutorials, performances, conversations, exhibitions, um, theater, poetry walks, um, in order to challenge jewelry and presentation um, and to experiment with how to present jewelry and how we can discuss and experience jewelry. 
brilliant. That sounds incredibly interesting. Where do we go to read more about your research? I concluded my research with a thesis. And the thesis is actually a collection of, of seven of those projects I previously uh, mentioned, and I call them showcases. Um, and the thesis does not merely uh, reproduce those projects, those artworks, but really rethinks those works within the context of a printed publication. And those seven projects are reflected upon an experimentally written text as well as a poster that uh, is in line with the concept of the project. A lot of the projects I did were online media projects. Most of those web links are still available online, so I will share a few of those links and then uh, people can have a look at um, a few of the projects I did during my research. Brilliant. So, as I said, we are all in lockdown. Many of us don't have access to our jobs. We're not allowed to leave our houses. Many fairs have been cancelled, all galleries and shops, or nearly all galleries and shops have been closed. The options to present our work in exciting locations have drastically been reduced. Can exhibiting be done differently under these restrictions? Uh, well, it's true that this period confronts us with many difficulties um, in various aspects, among which showing and selling work. But I strongly believe that this situation also offers a lot of opportunities and challenges us to be creative with our workspace, with materials, with tools. And we also have to search for alternatives and come up with solutions for showing our work, for selling our work. And um, I think that it's precisely from working with those limitations that exciting and interesting things arise inspired by the crisis we are currently confronted with. So in terms of exhibiting, I do see some options. First, it might be an idea to rethink a physical exhibition for online media. But I also want to mention that it's important to keep in mind that digital presentations offer a very different experience than physical presentations. Browsing and scrolling through images on your computer or your smartphone happens in a very different rhythm. You engage very differently with what you are seeing. It's a different way of visiting an exhibition. It's more a landscape of impressions that you are continuously rearranging um, by adding and closing tabs. So in a, in a certain way, multiple things are going on simultaneously. And... It's also a very different space you are in when you are watching those exhibitions or those works. You can um, access them online, in your own home, behind your desk or in your couch. Uh, you can see those works, those performances, theater shows, opera, and the environment of your own home is completely different than the context of, let's say, a gallery or a museum space or an art space. So I think that are all things that should be kept in mind when you're thinking about making a virtual exhibition or translating a physical exhibition to a virtual one. That's why I also believe it's not necessary to make every exhibition that would currently be on in a physical space now virtual or to show every physical piece that was going to be shown in the gallery, for example, uh, to show it online. I think you should really 
ask yourself what is the work, what is the work about, what is the concept of the exhibition, what is my aim, who is my public, and then starting from those questions, decide what the medium and what the context uh, should be. And it might also be an idea to even postpone the exhibition or have it run longer. But I also realize that it's not that easy for institutions because they usually decide upon their program one or even two years in advance. So it might not be that easy to just move an event to the fall because there will be other things happening already. You say that there are, of course, now an increased opportunity or an increased uh, demand perhaps for some virtual exhibitions and presentations. Do you know of any tips before you embark upon presenting virtually? Yeah, I think that we can learn a lot from artists and curators that have been working online for quite a while now. So, um, for example, the wrong is worth mentioning in that aspect. Uh, the wrong is a collaborative platform that promotes and creates digital culture. They have been organizing an entire digital biennial for some years now. And I think it's interesting to refer to them in this context because they really think from and within online media as a context for the exhibitions and the works they are showing. So we can have a better look at those organizations and ask, okay, what can we learn from these kind of organizations who have been focusing on online media uh, for a while and in whose practices online media has played a central role. And I'm also thinking about there are more and more jewelers that use uh, social media, for example, to show their works, their making processes, even to sell their works. For example, Jöran Kling and Edgar Moza have been showing and selling their pieces through their social media, their Instagram accounts, for example, and web pages for a while now. The important thing is that physical spaces, physical presentations and virtual presentations, in my opinion, do not exclude each other. They can rather complement each other. They have an influence on each other, of course, but the combination of them can show different aspects of an artist's practice. And I think this is where it becomes uh, really interesting because I have the feeling that some people think that when artists use their own Instagram accounts to show their works, it might be seen as competitive to a gallery space, for example. They can enrich each other and they can show various facets of an artist's practice. So these are... I think the practices that are that have been dealing with online media for a while are also interesting to be inspired by um, during these times. And then referring back to what we were discussing before about um, experimenting with things uh, during these times, I think now might be the time to uh, experiment with photography. Uh, this is something you can easily do from home. You also don't need a very fancy camera. You can use your phone um, and you can uh, experiment with making images, with making pictures of your work, which of course can be very truthful. You can show how a piece is worn. You can um, show the dimensions by putting something in the background that is recognizable and that people can see, okay, it's this small or this big. 
Um, but I would very much uh, want to encourage people to do something with photography that you wouldn't be able to do with material pieces and physical spaces because it offers a lot of opportunities to manipulate the pictures and um, to also distribute pictures online in just a few clicks. Besides social media, I also wonder with what solutions artists and curators will come up with to show works in physical spaces, to make physical presentations in these days while still adhering to the regulations and we can be very creative with that. I was wondering, it might be a possibility to wear one or even a lot of pieces of jewelry when you go outside uh, walking or jogging. Maybe you can make an exhibition in your home for the people you live with. Maybe you can develop a mobile presentation or you can make a composition in your window or you can send pieces by mail. But then I guess it would not be that good for the environment, so those things are also important to think about. But next to the, the virtual opportunities that there are, I'm very curious to, to discover projects people come up with that deal with what we can't do right now and adapt in a certain way. That's actually a really nice idea. Maybe we'll launch a hashtag when the recording goes live that all listeners can take part in posting and participating in this challenge to try and reinvent the way we present our jewellery whilst in lockdown. It's fair to say that a digital exhibition relies heavily perhaps on images most of the time. Um, some free online courses in photography we'll put a link on the page as well I agree with you it's probably a really great idea to think about hosting your own virtual exhibition if this lockdown takes a long time or lasts a long time but the first step should be summarizing what you mentioned how do we approach it and then how will we get the images that do actually offer an additional experience. Yeah, definitely. I think that the images on a white background are fine, but I think photography offers so much more opportunities to, to do crazy things. So this would be the time to, um, to experiment some more with that. And uh, if you like, also show it online. Why not? You have your own Instagram page with lots of images where you test this theory. I would recommend everyone to have a look at your Instagram page because it's really remarkable as an inspiration. You've mentioned some sources of, of inspiration. Are there any others that we should add to be inspired by? I'm currently quite inspired by the lockdown logbook from um, Collateral Journal. This is an online journal that provides a space for reflection and engagement. And this logbook is a collective project in which authors, academics, um, artists and art students uh, from diverse disciplines address this corona crisis and they reflect upon its consequences, the conditions, the constrictions, and each of them put in a daily contribution and all these daily contributions, they almost document the life in times of COVID-19. 
Uh, and these contributions, they can be texts, poetry, it can be photography, drawings, games. And um, I regularly look at them and I think they are very poetic, often both humorous as well as a bit tragic. A lot of them are very recognizable as well. So this is a nice active archive of reflections on the current situation all of us are in. I have also been um, checking out what some of the contemporary jewelry platforms are doing. And AGF, for example, hosts online studio visits with their um, AGF Young Artist Award finalists. Klimt has made all its online content available to access. They also show a lot of work that was supposed to be shown during Munich Jewelry Week, for example. So people still are updated about things that are happening in the field and recent uh, projects and works by artists. Uh, the Crafts Council made all their magazines free to access. So there is a lot of study material, so to speak, available online and a lot to discover um, in terms of texts, in terms of works, images. So I think there is a lot to be inspired by as well and to stay informed and to learn. Speaking about the Craft Council, they have launched an initiative called Hashtag Maker Support Pledge, which also allows people to take pictures of the pieces that they have available for sale and sell them through the hashtag. And whenever they have an amount of 500 pounds, 100 pounds is spent back on another maker. So there's many initiatives, it seems, also for selling uh, and presenting out there that we can engage with. So maybe this opportunity now actually gives us a chance to reach people we might have never reached We before. are looking to reach new audiences and trying out different contexts. And the good thing is that we are thrown into the situation and we have to come up with things rather quickly. And that's also nice. We can't overthink things. We just have to, to try things out. And when all of this is over, we can look back and wonder what can we take from the situation, what can we learn, what will we keep. So in that sense, I think it's, it's, it's a good uh, period to try things out. Would you agree that at the moment, if you fail with trying something, it would be considered less negative because we are all forced to try things now? Yeah, I wonder if you can fail because in my opinion, there's not really one ideal way of doing something. Um, I'm rather interested in looking for various perspectives and various ways. So, yeah, you can learn from the things that you try. Um, and especially in these times, I think people won't mind if something goes wrong. You can always try again and and learn from all those tryouts. In lockdown, obviously, our ways of interacting with people or meeting up with people and connecting, networking, have been seriously limited. We only have our computers and social media and platforms to connect through. Did you do any projects in your research that gave you some insight into what 
do and, and what is very beneficial in terms of connecting digitally? Yeah, I have to think of a project I did with jewelry designer Ruth Peters, end of 2018, I think. We did a talk show. It was an interactive multi-camera online live stream table exhibition conversation event featuring jewelry, objects, books, prints, materials and other things through which we discussed and reflected upon Ruth's uh, artistic practice. This was a real-life event or an event in a physical space, um, but people could also participate through chat via the YouTube live stream. I think this might be an interesting example or case in the context of this period. Because you had this interaction between the physical and the virtual, Ruth brought a car full of works uh, dating from the 70s till now, and we placed them all on a large table, and we were sitting uh, on sides of table tennis uh, table, and we took turns placing his jewelry pieces and his objects on this table. And so during this conversation, it was a composition, a landscape of jewelry pieces that unfolded on the table. And we had multiple cameras installed, and we played with different angles to show these pieces. So we showed close-ups, of the pieces. Uh, we showed also the table uh, in general. We showed the room with the audience and with us uh, talking to each other. And this was a nice combination of uh, physical and virtual. Since the people that were present, they could study the pieces really and see them from very close, from up front, not in a vitrine. Um, but then the people from home could also ask questions, uh, even ask to show a piece from more nearby if they wanted to and this was a well-prepared event, but it also offered possibilities during the event to improvise and to really play with the format. And I think that's very important to keep that in mind as well, to be flexible with the, the things, the events, uh, the formats you are working with. So I guess the exhibition has not only taken place in that moment, but it has been extended to take place whenever someone listens to the recording. It has such a bigger reach and it becomes such a bigger project, which I think a lot of the exhibitions and presentations and galleries could think about when they are moving forward after lockdown to continue doing these things because it enables people to, to listen and to interact even when they cannot physically be there. So it, it actually creates a really interesting play between the real benefits of being there and in the virtual. Yeah, that was really the case to reach people internationally. And the uh, recording is still available on YouTube. I will um, provide you with the web link. I have been organizing quite some group conversations during my research. And I always hope that those conversations offer starting points on next conversations and that people will meet each other and that in this way the conversation can go on in real life but also online. So I hope it really worked in that way. And it can still work in that way because it's still accessible so people now could still reach the recording and comment on it actually. Yes, because in theory 
When we come out of lockdown, we are still facing a crisis in terms of the environment. So reducing our travel and ensuring that we think differently about things to benefit the environment is something we should do from now on moving forward well at all times. So perhaps your take on that um, exhibition or that, that moment, that presentation, allowed people to engage from everywhere in the world. So when we return to work and our daily lives, which hopefully will happen very soon, is there anything that we can take away from this time in lockdown in relation to the way we present work, maybe also specifically in relation to what you discovered during your research? Yeah, I think it's especially to learn from the things we are experimenting with during this period, to take things from that and to develop things further. Of course, it has been inspiring for some people and also has been blocking for others. So not everyone has to be super productive. It can also be a time to be reflective about things, to get new ideas and then post lockdown period, make it happen. So I think all of us still have a lot of questions on various aspects, among which the showing and the selling. I'm very curious to discover what artists and curators and gallerists and museums uh, will come up with during the following weeks and months and how that will develop the things that will happen post-corona and post-lockdown. I'm sure exciting ideas and projects will arise um, or like alternatives or solutions which we would never have thought of if this situation didn't happen. So I guess to learn from all of that and to see how the field reacts to the situation, responds and adapts. In terms of presenting in, in a non-lockdown scenario, so if you have an exhibition or you're part of a gallery, there is some real benefits to this way of presenting. Did you find any of those in your research or do you you give us some ideas of what you think are the real benefits of presenting in such a way? My own practice became more and more performative. Gestures, movements, actions um, became very important elements of my work. Um, the work is created and gains meaning in the interplay between materials, actions and spaces. And in that way, I explore different possible functions, interpretations, depending on how things are used and displayed. And the importance of transformation is also evident there. So my presence, as you also will see when you have a look at the Instagram account, actions, as well as the experiences and participation of others, played a crucial role, since the work is not only the visual and the tangible artifacts as the output of, or the final phase, but really the interplay between locations, persons, objects, moments, and I really wonder what practices that focus on performance, on collaboration, on the body, how they will further develop during these weeks and months. Those elements can be really important. But I also believe that online media does not exclude the body, for example. It's also possible to work with images in a certain way that you can really communicate something about 
touch about wearing, about textures. So we should not see physical and virtual as separate or as uh, spaces that exclude each other, since in our times they are completely interwoven. And I, I also consider the, the blend of those worlds, spaces, as something that will be happening more and more in the physical spaces, the galleries, the museums as well. When we're thinking about the layers of an object, what you are saying to us is think multi-layered in terms of offering a um, insight into your practice or into the object's world. It can be more than just you seeing the object on a, on a table or trying it on in a shop, or it can be an opportunity to create and, and showcase the extra layer that is part of the object. Yeah, definitely. To me, it's all about experiencing and showing different perspectives and experimenting with media and with formats while doing so. So you are also in lockdown, Annalene. What are you doing to keep busy? Yeah, we are also in lockdown here. To me, this has been a time for reflection. It has only been a few months since I defended my PhD, so I'm still reflecting upon that a lot. And especially now, there is more time to think, to read, to watch movies. So that, but most of all, I am, uh, I'm still teaching and I'm figuring out how to deal with the long distance education, how to come up with uh, lockdown proof assignments. Now the students don't have access to the workshop in our university, but have to work from home. So it has been a very interesting ex experience for us tutors, as well as for the students, how they can make it work. And also in figuring out how we can guide them, how we can give them feedback via Skype sessions, via shared online documents and so on. So the reflection and the teaching have been things I have been working on, as well as preparing a research proposal for a, a next project which is quite exciting, but which I cannot say anything more about yet. <laughs> Completely understand. Okay, I think it's fair to say there are so many opportunities for jewelers to network and present in these challenging times, but that there are still benefits in presenting in traditional ways, which hopefully we will be able to resume to at some point in the near future. Using this lockdown to reflect and continuing the practice of evaluation and reflection even after the lockdown, I think would be incredibly valuable for all of us. I would like to thank you very much for joining me to brainstorm on the topic and a lane of presentation. I look forward to seeing what you will go on to doing next. Uh, please do let us know. <laughs> and um, thank you so much. Thank you. Next week, I will be joined by another guest. So watch this space to find out who it is. For now, this was Sophie Boons for the lockdown series of the BAJ podcast titled Virtual Presenting in Lockdown in Conversation with Annalene Swillen. I wish you a good rest of the week. Thank you for listening.